expanded universe, the nerd stormtroopers off, I don't know, building a Gundam or something. Uh, these guys read, uh, chapters from a book. It's, uh, from a guy, Star Wars episode, something from a season. Hey, everybody, it's me, cool guy stormtrooper. Cool guys don't care about things. That's why this episode is called I Don't Care About Things. Here we go! Hey everyone, it's Expounded Universe, the podcast where we read some Expanded Universe Star Wars novels. Or something. We talk about them. Yeah. And, uh, hey, it's me, the host of this show, John, and with me, as always, my other host, my love. There it is. Okay. My joy. Now, I, now I'm, you are forgiven. <laughs> <laughs> it's Jeff. Hello. I was like, ah, don't make me suffer indignities. I, I came over here as a favor. <laughs> no indignities. You are the true light of my podcast. There it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so we tried to we tried to get back to recording in my place because you know John's a big old hoity-toity uh, Richie Rich man who has two cars to his name. Yeah, mostly because he keeps refusing to get her off his ass and sell his old one. I've got one that doesn't work, and the other, which has been destroyed by some idiot aiding my parked car. <laughs> one leg is missing. The other is gone. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, he, he just hasn't bothered to sell his old car yet. So there was a, there was an attempt to use it to get over to my house to record in the proper setting and everything, but, uh, that car sat a while and it is not ready to go anywhere. Yeah, I had not turned the ignition on that car in several months. Yeah. So, so uh, so anyway, uh, we are once again recording from Casa de John, uh, which is in a place where you should not record a podcast. No. It's too hot. It's uh, it's hot. I mean, it's very nice today. It's a nice Today's day. Today's a yeah, this, nice this, day. This is going to be fine. I'm not worried about it. Yeah, it's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. Anyway. I do miss my, my official fat guy computer chair that costs several hundred dollars and is like cantilevered and like balanced with lasers and stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah. I don't miss your other random chair that I sit in where <laughs> I get to sit in my nice fat guy chair. I guess that's fair. Hey, you know what, though? That other random chair is at least a computer chair with, like, padding and shit. I'm sitting on, like, a $20 plastic kitchen stool right now. Hell yeah, you are. <laughs> Man, this is, like, beginner podcast. This is, like, back when we were young and hungry. <laughs> <laughs> this is back when you'd crouch on a plastic chair and yeah. speak into a snowball and we, just hope we couldn't afford seats we had to use leftover cardboard sheets from break dancers that were popular still at the time <laughs> we had to get we, we had to wait for them to be like to stop dropping beats and then steal their cardboard and run away yeah everyone yeah. would stand up and they all high five and go that was great and, and they'll stand just... there with their arms crossed exaggeratedly and then we'd we'd run in and yoink their cardboard <laughs> we need something to sit on for podcasting yeah <laughs> The true look behind the curtain, our VH1s behind the podcast. <laughs> when we were young. <laughs> hey, Jeff, how you doing? I've had a day, my friend. Oh, tell a, me I about mean, it. I mean, just, just a day of being, you know, a dad, of a, the, the primary dad of a four-year-old. She's been, she's been, she's uh, advancing dramatically in the fine art of climbing up shit, jumping off it, and hurting herself. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> 
So that's been also this morning. We were taking her to gymnastics class or I was, which she loves. She loves gymnastics class. Oh, yeah. She loves her teacher. She loves the other kids in that class. But this morning she screamed at me the whole way because we were not going to swimming class, which she is not currently in. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta love kids. (laughs) So how are you? Oh, I'm doing great. I, uh, I've just been, you know, waiting to hear back about insurance stuff to yeah. get my car fixed. It's already and... Wednesday, and that happened over the weekend. You're, I think you might be getting stonewalled. Yeah, no, I, I had to send some more messages in and be like, yo, you need to approve some stuff. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, things have been going good. Everything's fine outside of that. Yeah. Well, I'm sure they've probably a- approved you a nice roll of duct tape. By now, you know, it's here you can you can cover up the chunk of your car that fell off with this tape. Yeah, which that would be a lot of tape because there is a (laughs) huge panel missing from the side of my car. Uh, Yeah. Anyway, Star Wars, huh? How about that? Hey, how Uh, how, about Star Wars? How about that Star Wars? That's correct. Mm -hmm. When uh, when last we left, uh. Uh, finally, we had gotten some... Oh, we met Tavira, I think, yeah. for the first time. We had finally gotten some interactions with Tavira. Yeah. Uh, they had a raid that ended up going sour because it turned out that the Republic was already fucking there. Yes, and not just the Republic, but like Rogue Squadron. Oh, yeah. So that that was a, a pretty dramatic sequence as he had to one by one duel all of the greatest pirates of uh, pilots of Rogue Squadron and win over and over again you know, because he's the best there is. Well, and I like, mean, he fought like two of them. <laughs> he fought three at least because uh, he fought Uril and he also fought um, some dude before Gar- that. Garvin or Gavin. It was Ga- so Gavin, not Garvin, because Garvin was like Red Three in the original squadron that took on the first Death Star. Uh, Gavin, uh, Darklighter. Uril the Gand, and then finally uh, Tycho. Managed to escape Tycho. Tycho, because, yeah, Tycho's serious business. Yeah, he's yeah. like, oh, there's no way. <laughs> but yeah, we got that, and then, of course, the uh, final little interview where Tavira was like, oh, do you know what a Jedi is? And he was like, uh, yeah, sure. Sure, I've yeah, heard of Jedi. That was the weirdest thing, she was like, Hmm, a daring answer. Most have said no. And he's like, uh, the question was, do I know what a Jedi is? Not, am I a Jedi? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a, she's like, ah, I've caught you in a clever trap. He's like, no, I'm from Corellia. They, they're they like still a thing there. Oh. We, we, we talk about them from time to time. Also, you know, one of the most famous people in the galaxy is, you know, a Jedi. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know. He even was like, yeah, I read about them in the serials and storybooks of my youth. Uh, which is, you know, a great way to be to 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 uh, bring attention to how silly it is. Where she's like, "Oh, you have, have you?" Hmm. He's like, <laughs> "Yes, that's widely available information." Yeah, and that was a nice thing that happened during that conversation for us to focus on, as opposed to the part where he kept being like, "This lady doing stuff to my ding dong." <laughs> this this uh, <laughs> it's especially bad when if you joined us at Patreon.com/slash System Mastery. At the $2 level, mm-hmm. and we found out that Tavira looks ooh, too young. <laughs> That's cool. She's got the she's got the brain of a million-year-old Star Wars Duino Gween star dragon. And- it is, it's one of the things where even the 
images that make her look older is still like too young. Yeah, you're like 19, and this fucking like 40 year old dude is like, yeah, I'd bang her. I mean, <laughs> I know that this isn't fair that whatever artist they hired to do the cover of this book, I got to give this book credit because it's like the first book I've seen. That, oh, I guess I got Luke in the background there. They just worked in a giant picture of Luke on the cover because they gotta. That's one of the rules of these old. Yeah, Del you gotta Ray have books. someone on there. Um, but they did put an actual. Corn Horn front and center, and he looks like modern, like right now, Charles Dance, like <laughs> like sitting in his house right now, waiting to read a book for the big fat quiz, Charles Dance, uh, which is you know not what you want for your your dashing current hero, but especially when you're gonna be like, oh, and at best he is planning to screw this like eighteen year old, Ugh, <laughs> gross. And if you thought that was gross, just you wait. <laughs> So yeah, we ended last time with him being like, "Oh, I've got I've got plans and machinations, but he has been uh assigned to be the new bolt leader. He's mm-hmm. basically outside of Knive, the guy who was in charge of everything. Knives dead too. Oh yeah, Knife died, didn't yeah. he? Knife's dead, baby. He's basically the number one pirate guy. Yeah, he he's was, Hong Kong Fooey, yeah. number one pirate guy. Well, he was he was in charge of of Stone Squadron when they decided to move him over. And Knife died during the op uh, against Rogue Squadron, uh, along with two other dumb idiots who decided to go fly and try and like take a prize or something. But anyway, um, yeah. So Knife is no more. I don't remember who's in charge. I think Timzer is currently in charge of Stone Squadron. It doesn't matter. No, he's in charge. Of Bolt Squadron, which means he's also basically in charge of everyone. Mm-hmm. Everyone in the that faction that is in a fighter jet, he's in charge of. Yeah, those the, survivor uh, the survivor because fa- he still yeah because he still reports to someone at the top command of of uh, the survivors. I don't know who though. Yeah. So yeah, uh, we pick up, and uh, Tavira had told him like, "Ooh, I've got plans for you, and you're going to have to do missions and prove yourself." And so apparently the hard mission to prove himself is to go raid a warehouse from a pacifist colony weeks later again by the way oh yeah again (laughs) this is just like hey every chapter's got like a month of downtime yeah this book has got 50 chapters and every one of them represents at least one and up to six months yeah it's amazing it's a crazy amount of time that this book covers uh, but yeah, he gets assigned to go take out a uh, a settlement on a planet called like My Minori or something. Uh, Monty Mori, I remember Monty Mori. because it's Memorimento, basically. Yes, it as is as a planet, but they switched it around, which is uh, which is fairly clever, given that it's a planet occupied entirely by in a in an interesting connection to the last book we read, uh, Kamas refugees. Yeah, so we have a bunch of Kamasi there, mm-hmm. uh, and you know we get the information about them where. If we hadn't read the last book, we'd be like, oh, good. It's good to know that their planet got absolutely fucked, and then they had to spread out across the universe. And also amusing that, according to this book, we have no idea who did it. That, like, even the Empire was confused by the destruction of Kamazi, and no one's ever taken credit for it ever. When the last book was just openly, like, it was the Emperor. Oh, it was definitely Emperor. The Emperor did that. That was that was a, Palpi- that, that was a Palpatine-style move. That was one Palpatine. You get one joke where I called them cam asses, and they got so offended... Fuck them. Fuck these guys. <laughs> can't take a joke. <laughs> but they can take a turbo laser. Hey! <laughs> like a champ. Uh, Tyrannus, get in here. You're going to be on this shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, assume Tyrannus was the Vader before Vader, where, like, he was all stuffy and grumpy about everything every time Palpatine was like, hey, come on, let's go party. And he's like, no, I'm a noble imperial type bad guy. <laughs> Fencing saber, lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, I'm sure he's been way- Palpatine probably spent his whole life hoping for, like, one more party Sith. Because he goes through this list, he's like... He gets Darth Maul, who like, yes, my master, I take everything extremely seriously. Oh, I'm so ready to fucking murder. I'm a like, yellow-eyed murder robot, and I do not want to get a Takiza with you. All right, well, let's send you on missions where you'll probably die. All right, let me get Tyrannus. He's another old beard guy. He's probably kind of like me. Yeah, he probably partied like I did in the <laughs> 70s, right? You know, 70 BBY. <laughs> I am afraid that in the 70s, I was... Partying, as you put it, with Sir Lawrence Olivier. Mm-hmm. Oh, boring. <laughs> I've seen men be stabbed through the neck. Never have I partied. He's like, God damn it. I'm going to get your head cut off by the next one. <laughs> All right, you, you're you're a young, scrappy teen. You're probably into, like, fucking and drugs, right? I hate sand, I'm afraid, and I'm sad. I'm afraid you locked me into my robot body when I was at my maximum emo, and I am now frozen that way. God damn it! <laughs> Cannot win! That's why he wants Ray to come be a uh, Sith so bad. Huh? <laughs> come on, Ray, at least go party. Come on! <laughs> no, I'm deadly serious, and I have too much of a British accent for even Star Wars. <laughs> Very weird. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. Uh, the, the mission is they're going to go to, like, Kermit, the planet where all of the Kamasi are. Yeah, or, or uh, yeah, I guess um, Morimento is the the city on the planet. Oh, no, wait, um, there's more than one planet. Yeah, well, there's there's a whole system there, yeah. and, like, Curlet is, I think... The main planet that he thought he'd be sent to take out, but no, it's worse. He has to go do Morimento, the nice planet that's got nothing on it but friendly Kamasi elves that just want to live their lives in peace. Yep, and they're like, oh, and... This is definitely a target we want, because normally you'd think, like, oh, just a random fucking bullshit colony of barely scraping together survivors Mm -hmm. wouldn't be a thing that you think the Invidious would give a shit about. Yeah. But they're like, oh, because since the Empire fell and everyone's like, God, it really sucks that you got fucked over, like, twice in a row because the biggest resettlement was on Alderaan. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So, you know... There's a lot of outreach and charity that happens for them. And so they're like, oh, there was recently a shipment of stuff to help out this colony. So we're going to go take <laughs> these poor sad Alf's stuff. Yeah. We're going to go rob the charity bank. Yeah. And, and this is the point where, like, you know, <laughs> Cornhorn's like, am I... Am I really doing this? Are we the baddies? Hold on a minute. <laughs> Up until this point, I've sort of been okay, because mostly we've just been stealing from rich assholes, so yeah. I'm just like, whatever. But this is just sad. Well, we're hit, we're about to hit a point where we get like a whole chapter and a half of just 100% staying in his goddamn head while he works through all this. Yeah. So let's enjoy it while it lasts, because there is some action here. It turns out there was another pirate outfit, not part of the whole Invidious uh, uh, Union thing, uh, run by a bunch of Thalasian slave traders, and if you look up Thalasians, you'll find nothing but references to this event. Fuck. So don't worry about what they are. They're from the planet Thalas, but when you click on the planet Thalas, all it is is like that's where Thalasians the, live here. Thalasians lived here. They were in this one pirate raid this one time. Uh, so it, 
he's like, I hate pirates and I hate Thalasians on the on the balance. So, well, yeah, he's he, this time he's like, oh, these are slavers and they are fucking evil. No ion, full murder. Yeah, you can go ahead and murder them. And I feel like in this case, this is him being dumb. Like, I, I get it. You should kill slavers, obviously. Obviously. But eventually, he's going to get Tavira's attention for always using ion on Republic targets and always using lasers on pirate targets. <laughs> ah. <laughs> but he's like, all right, everybody, it's okay to just kill these guys. They suck. And so they get into a dogfight, and the even was like, these guys are all right, but everyone in my flight squadron is better because I trained them, and I'm the best at training. We're the best of the best. We fuck up everyone here. Yeah. And they have... They have one big battleship, yep. the Harmsway. The Harmsway, which was really dumb. It's not spelled, it's spelled Harmsway. Yep, Harm, Z-U-A-Y, but, the Harmsway. But do you get it? Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> I mean, Tavira apparently, apparently just went, no, fuck that thing, and just had a, the entire Star Destroyer be like, all right, every gun on this, fire at one point, blow that motherfucker up, and when it blows up, Keep shooting. Yes. And what you wonder why they even bothered bringing the Invidious if this was supposed to be a hard mission in the first place when, it, again, it was to raid the charity warehouses of a bunch of pacifist, like, genetically pacifist elf people. Oh, yeah. You'd think they'd be like, oh, yeah, we'll send, like, the backstab because you yeah. need a transport ship. Yeah. But having a, the actual Invidious show up is like, man... This really seems like overkill. It does, until you take into account the style in which they are describing Tavira as a person in this book. And the reason that the Invidious is here is because she deployed the squadron that has both of her current fuckboy obsessions in right. it. So she can't risk them, so she has to bring the big guns. Uh, yeah. They don't say that, but that's exactly why she's here. I mean, you could also say because she was given force warning that this would go harder than she thought it would and yeah. so she brought that so other than the part where the invidious just melts this poor unfortunate pirate slave ship um we get to a little bit of dogfighting it's barely interesting and then as uh horn realizes that the combat is not going anywhere interesting he orders his squad to go planet side so they can start yeah. the raid he's like i don't really well, wanna... I mean once the harm's way got blown up and most of the fighters were fucked yeah he was like oh the ones that have ftl travel are fucking off, and the ones who don't are flying towards the actual main planet, where Who's, he's like, I don't they're know definitely they're getting do. arrested. Yeah, they're gonna get there and immediately put in jail, so whatever, I don't care, let them go, let's go down to the planet. So he heads down to the planet, <clears throat> he doesn't really need to be there, but mostly he's there to run interference to make sure that other pirates and his crew don't kill a bunch of Kamasi. Well, yeah, he's like, alright, I've got one group, go down and do, like, set up stuff so that we can go get into the warehouses, a group fly, Yeah, you know. He gets a phone call from Tavira right around this point. Oh, yeah. Where she's like, hey, what's your what's going on at the ground? He's like, uh, all the Kamasi appear to have fled to the jungle, so if you send down an assault boat or two, we can just load them and we can leave. We don't need to do anything else here. And she's like, I see. We'll just leave them in the jungle so that they can, and take their prize so that they can be industrious for us later. No need to spill blood. And he's like, yeah, that's what I was thinking. And she's like, good. I'm glad you had the same thought as me. Bye. But then he tries to call in his squadron, and he isn't getting a response from... Uh, the ground squad. The, the ground squad. And the ground squad includes... Big muscle dum dum. I forget his name. Remart. Remart. Uh, James Remart, who yep. who does not who, who's not responding at all. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> that's really that's fucking on him because he was like, oh, who should be the ground squad to deal with the people down there? 
I know. All of a sudden, the biggest, dumbest asshole I have. The one who wants to make me look the worst. Yeah. I'll send him down to deal with the people. You'd think he'd be like, no, I'm going to send in the actual folk that I know aren't going to just show up and start murdering people indiscriminately for fun. I think he didn't have a lot of... I mean, as we get to establish in the next chapter, everyone thinks everything he's doing is 12th dimensional mind chess. And he was like... (laughs) Like, because uh, Tavira's going to be like, you sent him on that real mission instead of a suicide mission to get him killed because you were jealous of him. And he was like, I honestly didn't really think about it. I just sort of put him on the easiest assignment because I don't care about him. Yeah, I just called out, you know, a squad number. I didn't really think <laughs> about which one I was doing. Well, anyway, he made a mistake in sending down Remart first because Remart's down there being a pirate. Yeah. And, you know, he was supposed to be. Getting to the warehouses, securing everything, getting the landing pad secure, making sure that they could get down there with transports and get everything out. And that but was instead, yeah. he fucked off into the jungle and was like, I'm going to go raid these people's houses. But he ran into some slavers first. Mm-hmm. So he ran into a couple of Thalasian slavers who were carrying a load of a few Kamasi captives and some of their loot. And then he dispatched the Kamasi, the, the, uh, the Thalasians. Uh, like, you know, he did what he should have. He took out this ground force of slave traders, but then he was like, well, now that we've rescued these, uh, Kamasi children and keep in mind, I just want to put this out there again. Uh, Remart's human. Yep. We've gone through that. He's a big, he's a big, sexy human. And, uh, Kamasi are elves. Yeah. Well, they're like weird. I mean, they're avian mammals. They're like horse sloths is what they look like. I mean, they're, they got bird feathers. They mm-hmm. got weird elf faces, mm-hmm. and, but they've got like... Big back humps is a big part of it. We know that because it's the hardest part of them to stab. I mean, it's it's just weird. They look very alien, mm-hmm. but apparently in doing this, Remart first was like, ooh, I'm going to take all your spoils. You got some jewelry or whatever. I'm stealing this. And, you know, one of them went, Hey, can I have one piece of that back? Because all of this is super sentimental, like from Kamas, mm-hmm. actual things that survived our planet. And he was like, how about no? And then, you know, the father of one of them was like, uh, excuse me, tapped him on the shoulder. He punched him in the face and then was like, now I'm going to rape your daughter. And you're like, I want to point this what? out that the punch happened not because the guy was going to argue with him about that piece of treasure. Uh, but because he was tapping him on the shoulder to thank him for saving them for the th- from the Thalasian slavers. Yeah. So he's like, hey, I just wanted to give you so Like, tap, tap, I wanted to let you know that I really appreciate what you did. And he whirled on and was like, touching me is death, and also your daughter gets raped by me. Yeah. He's like, you're going to have to... I mean, you're going to have to work at it. I mean, I appreciate your your sort of worldly nature that you're willing to have sex with that feathered elf, but... but uh, but yeah. Are you sure you... I mean, are you able... You, I, I guess it's really about power for you. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. The second fucking horn shows up and he's like, ah, that one's got to be female. Swell of her breasts. She's yeah. got some titties going. And I'm like, come on, man. dude." Like, I'm, at this point, I'm like, not even come on horn. I'm like, come on, Stackpole. Couldn't you give your worldly super genius of a self-insert main character a different way to recognize female Kamasi? <laughs> Just be like, oh, she's female. You can tell from her head ridges or something. Do we have to describe the burgeoning swell of her tender teenage bosoms? <laughs> uh, but I mean, that's I guess that's enough for fucking Remart to be like, you almost look like you got some kind of titty. I'm going to do you in some hole. 
Yeah, my favorite thing is big fur titties. I love I love a lot of fur on a titty. I like good feathered furred nasty elf ladies <laughs> i wish you were sparklier and had two dicks because i've i was raised on planet deviant art but <laughs> anyway like i said i appreciate his worldly all love and all, all all love is love and all rape is rape nature apparently but Ugh. but uh it's just weird but yeah horn shows up and he's like what the fuck i i order i called you a bunch of times and then i ordered you to stand down what are you doing and remarks like, oh well you know we're pirates i'm pirating and uh I'm taking this because it's our loot and we can take it. And yep. uh, this guy hit me, so I hit him back. I get to kill him if he hits me. That's pirate rules. Yeah. And Horn's like, all right, so first of all, you don't get to take whatever treasure you want. We are communal shared pirates. You you can take their treasure and add it to a shared pool and then take out your portion of the loot. You're I know trying... you're basically just taking this so you can have some shit to give to Vera. Yeah. But, You're trying uh, to double dip the pile, and that's specifically against the rules, buddy. So, one, fuck you. And then he's like, also, so at that point, he gets him on that one, and uh, Remart's like, all right, you got me there, but that guy did hit me, so I do get to kill him. And Horn's just like, no. Horn's you- like, uh, technically, I have the ability to take a manservant if I want, and uh, I want that guy. I love that taking a slave was the first thing he could think of. He was like, oh, well, I'm allowed, I, I guess, because of my current position as the leader of Bolt Squadron, I am entitled one free slave. And I'm like, well, that's useful. You probably should have brought that up sooner. <laughs> hey, man, you get to pick a manservant. Yeah, he's, so like, he's like, I, I want, want that, that guy. guy. And he's like, that's dumb. You shouldn't have that guy. And also, you know what? This is stupid. I've got four guys in blasters who are my guys, and you're just some asshole who's in my way politically. And I, I perceive sexually. So I should probably just have these guys shoot you. Yeah, I should probably kill you and then just say, uh, yeah, he ran into trouble with the landing. Yeah. And then he's like, all right, but what about this? What if we bare knuckle box you fuck? Let's go. Yeah, it was great. Because the the stupidest thing where every villain ever always falls for this, where he's like, well, I think that maybe you should just fight me or else you'll die. I'll die to your stupid blasters. But everyone will always know I said you hit like a Chadra fan. Everyone will know you're a little bitch baby, huh? Mm -hmm. So uh, Remart's like, yeah, fine, I guess I'll get in a fight with you. And this is just sad, because it's supposed to be like, oh, he's going to take him apart with his professional super fighting from his years spent being a cop. No, he just uses the force. He just uses the force to read Remart's mind so he knows every move he's going to make, and he beats the ever-loving fuck out of Remart for forever. Oh, yeah, and he goes, like, full fight club on it. It's not like, oh, I used the force, and I just, like very systematically take this dude apart in the most efficient way possible. Yeah, he doesn't, like, put him on the ground and put a punch in his neck so he can't breathe anymore or anything. No, he's like, I am going to just sock you in the face a lot, and it breaks his fucking hand. He breaks both hands. He gets, like, fractures in his hands, he fucks his knuckles up, just absolutely rips the skin off of him. This is Horn we're describing, not Remart. Remart, it doesn't land. Remart does not connect. He does not land a punch in this entire fight. He just gets knocked over, kicked in the ribs has broken ribs, gets punched in the throat, has his nose pushed into his face, uh, gets socked in the face a bunch of times till Horn's hands are broken. Oh, yeah. No, he fully, I wanted to destroy something beautiful, mm-hmm. fight club this guy. Yeah, and at one point, Remart's like, hey, uh, well, I'm losing this fight, so you guys shoot him. And right as they're getting ready to shoot him, one of the Kamasi has stolen Horn's well, blaster. Yeah, Horn threw his blaster down when yeah. he was like, hey, fight me like a man. Yeah. So one of the Kamasi picks picks up the blaster secretly and blasts all the the uh, other generic pirates with stun bolts. 
Yeah. And Remart, who's like, ah, damn it, that didn't work. And for his troubles, gets punched in the face and kicked in the ribs a bunch of times. Yeah, he gets basically punched down unconscious. And then <laughs> he's like, hey, Kamasi, my dude. And the guy's got the gun trained on him. And he's like, well, yeah, you're obviously. fully within your rights to blast me. Like, you probably should. Uh, but I'm going to let you know, just like... If you do, fucking run. Maybe take these guys to the port or something, but yeah. they'll try and murder you. Yeah, so we get a lot of time for story time here, because after he puts a stun bolt into the beat-down Remart... Well, yeah, he gets the gun back from the, yeah, the Kamasi, because the, Kam the Kamasi's like, no, dude, I'm not going to shoot you. You I, saved us. I'm pacifistic. I didn't want to shoot those guys. This is... I Now that I know you won't hurt us, here's your gun. Yeah, and um, he, you know, puts a stun bolt into the fucking Remart. Yeah. And then... And he's like, time for stories, buddy. What's up with all that treasure? Why would you have any treasure here? That's weird. And he's like, oh, it's all part of our, you know, ancient tradition. And this is stuff we managed to save from the home world. And all of it is linked to various memories. And mm -hmm. so, you know, we only even wanted one piece back that was particularly It was promised to my daughter. To my her. daughter. Yeah. And, and uh, Horn's like, well, now you have it all back. So you guys can get going. And this dude's like, nope, by the transitive properties of I'm a furry alien and it's Star Wars, you saved my life, so now I have to be your butler. Yeah, he was like, look, man, well, I mean, at least better than that, he was like, you told them you wanted me as a manservant. If you go back and I'm not there, then it's going to very much seem like you just did it so that you could kill or beat up this guy mm -hmm. instead of playing by the rules, which you got on a technicality yeah well even then he should be like yeah you should still escape into the jungle and i'll just say that remart shot you after i made the claim that i wanted you for a manservant <laughs> i mean he's already gonna get in trouble i'm already gonna have to be my word against his on all this plus he's got those allies one more lie's not gonna hurt things you can run for the hills but the guy's like nope, nope. i need to make sure that you're fine that you get protected well this you're is, a white protagonist and i need to make sure you're okay i was about to say it's white protagonist disease because i'm sure that han solo has probably a million opportunities a day to be like, Chewie, you can go home. Chewie, you know, you don't, I, this life day shit is stupid, right? Like, like you don't have to do this. You can, you can, you can go, you can fuck. And I hear that you're going to outlive me, except you get hit by a moon. So you don't, but, but you it, would, outlive you would me. outlive me. And you've already made it clear that if you did outlive me, you would just transfer your life debt to my kids. It's ridiculous, man. You have your own kids go home to, to itchy and Mala or whatever. Just, and then he's like, have you seen them? No way. <laughs> but Chewie's like, Nope, can't. White protagonist, Life Day, got to be your butler. I don't know what Life Day had to do with it. I was just saying Wookiee things. I don't know why you keep saying Life Day instead of Life Debt, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> it all sounds the same in Shrewook. <laughs> but, yeah, this Kamasi's like, no, I'll go with you just to make sure your story is as, you know, correct and plausible as possible. Although Horn, on getting back, is just going to go, oh, I gave them all their treasure back, so I'm going to lie and say... They didn't have treasure. Yeah. And that's the point where you're like, oh, why didn't you just lie about everything then? Yeah, exactly. Ultimately, this dude wants to go with Horn for an entirely different reason that we'll get to two chapters, maybe three from now. But uh, anyway, this chapter is basically over. He makes his way back up and ends up in an interrogation room. Yeah. Um, so we can move on to the next one. In the interrogation room, he finds out he's got two broken hands, but interrogators won't let him have medical attention until he answers all the questions. Oh, yeah. And they're also like... Uh, we can't put you in a Bacta tank or do anything like that because apparently our landing parties got super extra fucked up by Thalassians that were already down there. Yep. So there's a bunch of dudes in Bacta. Everyone's right already in Bacta. Hand damage doesn't matter enough. Yeah, so. unless you are super fucked, you are just going to get, you know, one of those 
2-1-B robots shows up, pokes your hand a bit, and then goes, all right, try not to be an asshole. Here's a bandage. Yeah, but they want to ask him a million questions. And his story is basically the exact same story as normal, but no treasure. That uh, that he showed that basically Remart thought they might have something valuable, ran into Thalasian marauders, killed them, tried to rape the daughter of one of the local tribal chief, tribal chieftains, threatened to kill him. Horn claimed him as a manservant, and then they got into an altercation. So he just yeah. he just excises the treasure part, and he knows that Remart and his boys are telling an opposite lie right now, or at least he thinks, because after a while uh, they let his uh, new manservant, whose name is Elagos. Uh, Elagos come in and, and work on his hands along with a 2-1-B droid, but then Tavira comes in, like, yeah. just walks in, and she just pushes all these aliens and robots out of the way. It's like, fucking move, bitches. <laughs> I am the the leader of this. I will have my man. And she's quite pissed because uh, be Horn killed her brand new sex man. Yeah, she's like, oh, I'm so angry at you. You absolutely fucked up, Remart, and you, you knew that he was going to be my new toy. And he's like, yeah, well, you know, Ask him about it. He's the one who fucked up. And anyway, once he gets out of Bacta or whatever, I'm sure you can still do him. And she's like, oh, no, he dead. He's dead. And Horn's like, I didn't hit him that hard. And she's like, no, I killed him for failing. <laughs> and I know that you wanted me to kill him mm -hmm. because I know you're playing fifth dimensional chess where you didn't. She's this whole thing where she's like, oh, blondes. Blondes try so hard to make everyone think they're stupid, but they're not. They just work on a different wavelength. Maybe you don't even know how smart you are. Oh, you blondes. I'm like, she's got a lot of theories about hair color. Yeah, but she's just like, <laughs> oh, I know that you were jealous and you didn't have him killed the coward's way by sending him into missions where he would definitely get murdered because you wanted to show that you are better than him. And that's why you had him go on this mission. But you had to be able to take him out physically to also show that you are more powerful. But you left him alive so that I would kill him because you wanted to show that you have power over me as well. And Horn's just like, I don't know, whatever. No, nah, man, I just beat him up because I fucking hate him. <laughs> whatever you were talking about, I didn't do. I just beat him up because he was in my way. And she's like, yeah, I don't think even you know why you beat him up because you didn't just beat him up you beat yourself up trying so hard to hurt him yeah this wasn't like a oh i had to beat him up and i was in the scrape of my life it was the only reason you are super injured right now is because you went overboard beating the shit out of him specifically to make him look bad yeah. like you were going after the face mm -hmm. so that he would be ugly because you were like yeah fuck this well, he's ugly for God now, buddy, because I shot him because you made me because of how much your penis matters. He's ugly for God. Because <laughs> she's like, well, now that you've killed my plaything, I demand a new plaything and you will be my plaything. And he's like, no. And she's she says, well, OK, then I guess I'll have to show up and kill all these Kamasi then unless you put it in me. And it was just <laughs> like, like, come you on, gotta you got a month until your hands are better. Oh, that's right, because he's like, I can't fondle you appropriately. I got busto hands. Yeah, I'm all fucked up. My hands can't do stuff. And, you know, we can't just put them in, like, little Bacta holders for a yeah. couple days because you think of that convenient just immediately reasons. be like, oh, is that your excuse? Take one of the fucked up soldiers out of a Bacta tank and let him die, too. Put this guy's shitty, useless hands in there. <laughs> for, I wanted that to happen just for him to be like, oh, God damn it. No, no. Please stop killing your own men for my penis. Please. <laughs> You haven't even seen it. You don't even know. <laughs> but yeah, he's. she's like, you've got a month until your hands are better. And once that happens, you will come to me willingly 
of your own free will, and I will give you such boners as you have never experienced. And then she kisses him, and we get a whole, this is where the chapter stops being fun for the entirety of the rest of the chapter. Because she kisses him, and he's like, oh, damn, I'm way into this. This lady is hot, and I want to do this four-foot-tall lady. Yeah, (laughs) I might be thinking to myself, oh, the only reason I'm not pushing her away is because my hands are broken. But really? The only reason I'm not pulling her closer is because my hands are broken. Then she breaks off the kiss and leaves, and we spend the rest of the chapter with him being like, I could fuck my way to Mirax. You know, if I did bone down with Tavira, I would be on the Invidious, which was my, you know, goal all along. I'd be able to, I could manipulate her. You see, because she totally wants me, but I like, I don't. I don't want her. I just, you know, I want to, I want to fuck her, obviously, but like, I don't care about her, but she cares about me and I'll make her care about me. And then I'll have her twisted around my little finger and then I'll be like, yeah, I'm cool. And then I'll get Mirax and I'll be like, sorry, Mirax, I had to fuck my way to you. You understand? And she'll be like, oh, Corin, you're so muscly. Yeah. It's the rest of this chapter. It's just that stuff. And he's like, well, I, obviously she's really in love with me. And I'm like, first of all, you know, she isn't, you know, she goes through like 12 guys a month. Oh, yeah. You know she has them killed afterwards. This is all very stupid. But he's he's just like, yeah, if I bone her right, then I'll get Mirax back, and I'll have boned her a bunch of times, and then I'll be like, haha, I didn't care about any of those bonings. And she'll be so upset that she'll cry and cry and cry. I might not even tell her personally. I might build a super expensive droid <laughs> to break up with her for me. <laughs> oh, God. He just spends an entire part of a chapter just being like, Yoshi hot and I want to fuck her. And I think I know how I can get away with that. There's more than that, too. This is I got this is probably the nadir of this book for me so far. So far, because we get the whole thing where he's just running through his head, all the scenarios in which he would be totally entitled to fuck this child, Um, because at most she's like 20. I mean, that's like and I'm not even describing art. I'm describing her timeline in the in the uh, Star Wars universe. And he's like 44. Um, Yeah. So he's he's breaking half your age plus seven. Uh (laughs) But anyway, to get to get back to the point of that, um, he he's like going through this whole thing where he's like, oh, I could get away with it if I want to. It's just my body. And then he goes into this whole thing where he's like, when I was in the cops, a lot of the time undercover cops had to fuck their way to the solution to a case. No. I had to do it a few times. It wasn't my favorite, but I put my penis to use for the law. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, normally you'd be able to just tell someone oh i have a girlfriend you haven't met her she lives in canada but sometimes that wasn't enough and you had to get down and dirty and i think this is one of those times where it's justified right so we get both of those types of deeply unpleasant i really wish we weren't in this guy's head conversation plus a third one where he has this moment where he's like you know uh, now that i think because he has a point where he gets introspective about having beaten the shit out of remart and he's like the reason that that uh, she keeps saying I'm not that different from Remart, which I think I am, because he was an asshole, but she's right. He's basically just like me. Only he was raised in a in a pirate circumstance, where I was raised in a cop circumstance. But if well, I had, more, it's just oh, if I had gone to pirates instead of the rebellion when I ran away from Corellia, mm-hmm. I would be this guy. Yeah, but he's like, well, I wouldn't just be that guy. I'd be in charge of everything. Tavira wouldn't be chasing after me as a consort. I'd have claimed her as my consort by now. I would have led the pirates, and I would be a terror to the galaxy. And instead, you would have a queen! <laughs> like, 
I'm like, all right, dude, you've got to quit fantasy- having this rich fantasy about how good you'd be at not being rich. It's gross. It's extremely gross. And you're like, oh, I'm like, no, it's, it's the bad guy fantasy of like, you know, if morals weren't holding me back, I would totally be a super billionaire because I'm so smart that I know how to work things, but I'm too good of a guy to do that. It's more than that. He's not willing to take into account that pirates come up into piracy through ridiculously adverse conditions. They don't have good parentage. They don't get to go to schools. Their medical plan is kidnap a doctor and force him to operate on you at gunpoint. They are in the worst possible scenario. And he's like, well, I had my whole life with a bunch of guaranteed jobs because my dad was a cop. My grandfather was a Jedi and my mom owned a dealership. I could just do whatever. I had a free ticket, baby, right through the best colleges. I'm the best pilot there's ever been. Free Jedi Academy. Woo. But if I didn't have any of that, I'd still be the best pirate in the fucking galaxy because I'd have all of that because I cannot in good conscience as the asshole I am. Imagine a scenario where I don't have all my privilege. I'm a big piece of shit. Well, no, because again, it was. When I leave Corellia, if I had become a pirate. So it would be after he had already lived <laughs> and fair. been a cop and everything. That's fair. He had already gotten all of his free ride training and everything. But that's the problem is he's already, well, he's even like, well, if I had run away after I had gotten a ridiculous amount of free shit for just being a rich kid, uh, then, <laughs> then I would be just like this pirate who didn't. Yeah. Remart was better than you, except for all the rape stuff. Ah! <laughs> it's not, that is not the argument you want to start making. Nope. Sure isn't. <laughs> I'll strike that quietly from the record. I'm just saying, I, I didn't like this. I didn't like his, like, I would have been the best of these fucking idiot pirates. And I'm like, dude, stop. Isn't it enough that you constantly are claiming to be the best that you actually have to have a long monologue about it? Oh, yeah. And, it, and I mean, again, this is one of those things where I've definitely seen so many fucking nerds who are like, oh, if I wasn't held back by society's morals, I would be a supervillain genius and I would run everything. But you see, I am too good for that. And I'm like... No, you're a piece of shit, and if you tried to do that, you would suck at it, too. You would have eaten a blaster 30 years ago. Yeah. Like, no, that's not a thing. I'm sorry. Yeah, so, anyway, deeply unpleasant. Uh, and then the chapter but, ends. But that's the thing, is he goes through all of this, and then suddenly has the realization where he's like, holy fuck, I have gotten real messed up by being with these pirates for the last few months yeah because the next chapter starts and i was like i gotta tell you i have never been more eager in reading star wars books for a chapter to end because we've just been up in his head being like well i could fuck her if i wanted to she could have all of me but my heart that belongs to mirax uh and mirax is very understanding i mean she has to be i haven't tried to rescue her for like a year and a half uh <laughs> uh She's just as understanding as she was when she got put in cold storage. I'll just explain. It's the way things are on Corellia. Sometimes you got to fuck your way to finding your wife. It's just a thing. You know. It's cultural. You're not allowed to get mad about it. We were on a break. Huh? And I was like, please end. Please fucking end chapter. Chapter, please end. And the next chapter starts, and he's just like, you know, one of the things I could have fucked Tavira with is my penis. But then finally, I'm like, oh, no, it's just more of this. Finally, he goes, wait a minute. I've been being a real piece of shit. Hold on. Everything I've just been thinking is the worst. And his new fucking Kamasi manservant is like, hey, dude, maybe I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there. You fucked up. <laughs> yeah, because he's like sitting there being like, God damn it, I cannot be like this anymore. And the Kamasi's like, can't be like what? And he's like, oh, I've realized how shitty you fucked up I've been. I got to. Like, I don't even recognize myself anymore. And he's like, you know, we have a saying for that. Turns out we have a saying for everything. That's all we do is the Kamasi. If if you the wind no longer calls your name, perhaps you have forgotten your name. Yeah, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Or perhaps you've forgotten the face of your father. <laughs> perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, I'd never forget the face of my father. He had a fucking sweet cherry dealership. <laughs> oh, a cherry dealership? Yeah, he had Great. a cherry. It's a big deal on Corellia. Uh, no, he, so he's like, yeah, you're right, Mr. Kamasi man. Uh, I got, I got to get right with myself and I got to get right with everything else. Uh, and at least this, we get a whole chapter where in his head, he's like, wow, I've really been a big piece of shit. And I've been since essentially the beginning of this book being a big selfish prick, just doing stuff and not really well, this yeah, trying to be a whole person. This chapter helps for the last chapter a lot. Cause there's a point even where he's like, wait a minute, when I was beating the fuck out of that guy. That was the dark side in me. That was the I'm, I, I, I've been I gave Luke all that shit for slipping to the dark side when I haven't. I gave him a whole like like no true Scotsman argument when I fucked off his planet and left left a smoking crater where I was going or when I left. Um, but now I've realized he was right. It's not all cackling violent evil. Sometimes you just get pissed off and selfish. And that's the dark side. Yeah. He's like, now that I've been among pirates and I don't have everyone around me telling me not to do it. And everyone instead is like, yeah, fucking give in to whatever dumb shit you want. I've realized I am on a very slow, slippery slope to being a dark side person because I'm just keep making excuses. Now, if you want to talk about keep making excuses, there's a point well, in his big old epiphany moment where he's like, he's like, God, if I had used the force when I fought that guy, that would have been the dark side coming through me. And you're like, you did. Like, you didn't shoot him with lightning or telekinesis him into a wall or anything, but you were using your force me- uh, sensory perception to read his intent. There's a whole bunch of that fight where you were like, oh, in his mind, he thinks I'm going to do this, so I'll do this instead. And in this, and yeah, now, he's like, oh, Remart's not very complicated. He yeah. doesn't think of, like, what I'm going to do. He just thinks of what he hopes I do so that he can punch me as hard as possible. Exactly. You did use the force. All this stuff where he's like, oh, God, I came so close to the edge. If I had just used the force in that fight, I'd be dark side. You did. You did. You, you did, though. Your your dark side. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he spends a lot of that chapter just being like, "Oh man, oh fuck, I fucked up. Oh oh no, I can't even believe I was considering having sex with Tavira. I've been essentially just making excuses for myself and all my actions. Mm-hmm. I've also been denying parts of myself like an idiot. Where he was like, oh." I went to be a Jedi, and then when I didn't like that, I left and then decided I should never be a Jedi or think about being a Jedi. Yeah. And that was stupid. And then I went to my grandfather, and he gave me all this information and stuff, and I just ignored it and didn't use it. Yeah. He's like, I should probably, you know, use all the things at my disposable my disposal and be an actual full human being. This is like the chapter that listened to the rest of our show. Yeah, Because this much. chapter's just like... Because our whole show, we've been like, why the fuck did we just spend 40 chapters at fucking Jedi school if his first thing when he gets out is to go, I shall never be a Jedi. Yeah. And he's like, I know, I'll be a cop again. And you're like, stop it. (laughs) Stop doing that. Very well. You'll be a cop again. Let's do that. I shall be a pirate. No, stop. Stop just saying you're, I'm going to just be one thing and never go back to anything else. Well, anyway, after this reverie, which lasts quite a while, he comes out of it in this chapter, and he's like, hey, Elagos, my new Kamasi manservant friend, who I'm obviously going to keep because entitlement runs deep in my veins. Can I trust you? I heard that you said that you were a Kamasi trustant. Is that an important thing among your people? And he's like, yes, it's a very important thing. It means we're like... You took, a, you took me away from my people, and I was in a very important position. Mm-hmm. You fucked them over real bad. Yeah, well, you, in your defense, you did try not to take me, and I insisted, but... I mean, I could have sent any Kamasi in my place. It's not like which one of us went with you mattered. 
but but anyway, yes, I'm a trustant, and it's very important. Um, that we we are very trustworthy. That's a whole. That's why we're called that. Yeah, and uh, you know, now that you've talked, I I see you've got a lot of your grandfather in you. Yeah, that's Wink the, knew your father. I did. That's the end of the <laughs> chapter. Um, yeah. So he's like, hey, I'm I've got some serious plans. I'm going to put into action that are all about shutting down this pirate organization and crap. So I hope I can trust you. And then as a way to be like, yeah, you can trust me. He's like. Yeah, I knew who your grandfather was. End of chapter. Yeah. Um, sort of. That chapter also covers some other shit. Uh, basically, they get to the planet Cower Toss or whatever it's called, where they're currently holding up. They're Crack Toss. I mean, that's after this chapter. Oh, well, there's... A- they don't get there until after he's like... They do. They do. Hang on. I'll get this. I'll get this. They go... Because when he gets to his dumb hotel room, his hotel room is full of wonderful gifts from his new future uh, f- uh, girlfriend for a little while to be, Tavira. Yeah. And she, like, packs it full of, like, gemstones and brandy and shit. And there's even a point where Eligos comes out before he's like, I know your grandfather. He's like, hey, I just checked out the bathrooms. They're full of, like, marital aids. <laughs> there's, I don't know why she put a bunch of dildos in there, but, you know, whatever. Your girl's way into Bad Dragon, I gotta tell you. <laughs> There's a lot of, I don't even know what they were. And I gotta, I got, I, we got weird dicks. <laughs> Let me tell you. I know a lot about dildos. That's, <laughs> that's sort of what the trustant does. <laughs> that's what trustants are. <laughs> Experts in all things dildo. But yeah, that's the end of that chapter is like him being like, oh, look at all this finery that I was given as a gift by fucking what's-her-face. And then and then uh, Elagos comes in and is like, yeah, you're in a room full of all kinds of amazing shit. I knew your grandfather. Chapter Fourth chapter of this episode begins. Ah. Uh, and then, you know, he's like, wait, what the fuck? What? Explain. Are you talking about Rostec Horn? He's like... Nope. Nope. I'm talking about that Halcyon fellow that, that, uh, because of all the few surviving Kamasi in all the galaxy, he ran into like that. Uh, he ran into his grandfather's Jedi partner's Krytos Ikla or Itkla, I think. Yeah. Krylos Kry- Itkla. Something Itkla. Uh, this, this is his, this is, a, uh, that dude's nephew. Yeah. He's like, oh yeah, that guy, that was my uncle. And we Kamasi have a thing where, if a memory is particularly either like traumatic or meaningful or powerful, it just gets seared in there. And we remember it not like you normally remember things. It's like playing back a movie. It is yeah. more clear than a like hollow projector. Yeah. And so. So the, the, that's why we don't kill is because those are always traumatic memories. And so we are per- perpetually stuck reliving it over and over again yeah which and it drives us insane if it happens which is why we're so pacifistic and there's a whole back and forth about how that means that this dude was willing he didn't know that that horn's gun was set to stun when he shot those pirates yeah he was like i was willing to live with that memory uh to save if it my meant family. saving you know you and the family yeah and he was like oh damn well now that you know that it you know was just on stun is that memory gonna stay there and he's like Maybe, wink, for other reasons, because it was deeply satisfying. I love shooting dudes. I hate killing them. I love shooting dudes. I hate the after effects. <laughs> but, yeah, he's just like, oh, yeah. So, you know, we uh, we have these super powerful memories, but also we can kind of transfer them between usually just relatives. Yes. Like, if you are blood related to me and the relation is close then, you know, we can trade memories. But one of the great things about if one of us becomes a Jedi is the Jedi powers enhances that, and now you can actually, like, transfer things way more easily and to people that aren't just blood-related mm-hmm. to you. He's even had the whole thing about how they interbreed between the clans predominantly so that they can share memories more effectively. Oh, yeah, they're His like, okay. Thing. And we call it 
memes. <laughs> I, I'm, so they actually call it a memness or memnius. Yeah, memeness. Memeness. They, they use their memeness to transfer all their super powerful shared cultural memories. That's right. All these meme girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's like, well, so anyway, I got a memory from my grandfather or from my dad who, uh, by the way, survived the Kamas explosion and then died on Alderaan. Yeah. Fuck. Well, his uncle. Uncle. Who did yeah. that? Yeah. His cool uncle, hero to his people, survived the Kamas uh, explosion, uh, worked with the people of Alderaan to help resettle a Kamasi settlement there. And as a Jedi, like this Itkla guy was like, oh, yeah, he managed to survive the purge, Mm -hmm. managed to survive the destruction of Kamas, and then (laughs) got it on Alderaan. You know, (laughs) they couldn't get him the first two, got him on that third one. Lucky number three. So, uh, so, uh, before he died on Alderaan, he managed to share this, the same memory that was Horn's dream with this dude, this dude, this manservant that we have now. What a lucky coincidence. Yeah. And he's like, oh, and I've got this memory. And of course, Horn's immediately like, give it. Oh, can you share it with me? He's like, well, one, you're not close enough to me, even though you are a Jedi, we're not, you know, familiar enough with each other for me to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and two, it is of your grandfather dying, so I don't know if you want that memory burned into your head. And he's like, you know, fair. There's a point where he's like, well, I should just fort. Okay, wait, no. You're right. Thank you. And I'm like, oh, look at that. He's learning. Aww. Uh, but he, he's like, yeah, I guess not. So I guess we'll have to. Uh, but this dude, this Elegos dude is really nice. And it's a breath of fresh air to have a good character in here. So he's just like, hey, you know, I don't trust you enough to try and share that memnies with you right now, but... Why don't we work on that? Why don't you and I work on furthering our friendship, huh? What do we have to do for me to trust you way more? And, you know, Horn's like, all right, if I'm going to take this place down, I'm going to do it as a Jedi. Mm -hmm. Because I'm going to finally be like, no, I guess I have to be fully everything. Yeah, he's like, I am no longer Corrin Horn, cop of Corsac. And I neither am I Kieran Halcyon, Jedi of the New Republic. I must become both. I must become a bat. (laughs) And... So he's like, all right, but what kind of Jedi would I be without a lightsaber, which I don't know how to do? <laughs> it's Batman. I'm just picturing his Batman moment right now where he's like, I must become what criminals fear most, lying to them about whether or not this sex I'm having with them is meaningful, right? That's that's the thing they fear most. Yeah. Two people fucking crashed through his window. and He's like, aha! <laughs> I shall become, I lied to you about being into you, man. (laughs) I'm going to become meaningless sex, man. (laughs) So he's like, all right, but hold on a second. He runs into the back and he comes back with some data pads and he's like, all right, my grandfather, Rostec Horn, has all of this fucking information in these data pads Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, it's time for me to figure out what it is. And fucking Elgos is like, I'll do it. Yeah. The Elegos <laughs> is like, oh, just please give me any work to me. I am your manservant. That's that's actually a real thing. We're not just partners. Uh, but before we get into that, he's like, well, there's one of my favorite stupid moments in the entire book happens right here where he's like, Elegos is like, yeah, it's, you're a Jedi. That's great and everything. But you're not going to be able to. T- a single Jedi with a lightsaber can't take down an entire pirate organization from the inside. And and Horn goes, I don't even have a lightsaber. And, and, and Elegos is like. Oh, well, then we have to get you a lightsaber. And Horn's like, yes, with a lightsaber, a lone Jedi. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) 
But it's not even, that's not enough stupid. Because the first thing that happens is Elagos is like, well, didn't you say you trained at Luke Skywalker's Academy? Can't you like ask him for one or how to build one? He's like, oh, I sort of burned that bridge on the way out. Did you, did you really burn the bridge with Luke? Do you think if you call Luke and you're like, Luke, I need to rescue my wife. I've, I've uh, changed. I realized how close my, what my arrogance was like. Do you really think Luke's going to be like, Oh yeah, that's really nice to hear from you. I'm afraid that on our planet we're currently celebrating uh the the feast of go fuck yourself, Cornhorn. <laughs> Don't call again. Or or it's Luke Skywalker dipshit. He's very selfless. He will give you what you need. Uh but he's like, "No, I can't do that. One because I think I burned that bridge. Two because I can't just from a pirate hideout, go message Luke Skywalker. Should have just stuck with that one. Should have. The one where he's like, I think Luke's the kind of guy who keeps grudges for forever. I'm like, that's a lot of projection, Cornhorn, and by extension, Michael Stackpole. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's like, all right, we'll figure it out from here. And of course, you know, they start deciphering this shit. But he's like, oh, yeah, it's not that hard. Like, the parts for a lightsaber aren't that difficult to get. But, uh... Apparently, the process of making one, like, it's like a that's month in of here meditation. Is, yeah, it's like, oh, you got to get the parts, and then you got to meditate on them, and you got to do all these practices, and you got to do this and that, and it takes about a month. Yeah, that's bullshit. I made one at Star at Disneyland the other day. It took twenty minutes. Uh, not to mention that we've, you know, anytime <laughs> we saw someone make one, they were like, oh yeah, hey, the, I mean, just the fucking last book where the guy was like, yeah, I got all the pieces for this except for a crystal. Oh, here's the crystal. Boop, done. It's different in every every book. Every book has its own idea of what lightsaber construction is like. Some of them, like the uh, the one where the prison book that we we read, th- that dude was like mass producing them without a Jedi even being present. Oh yeah, but is, that's why it didn't work. Yeah. Um. The uh the book where we had like Luke rebuilding one in Obi Wan's old house was going to take like two months, but it was entirely the time it took to easy bake a new crystal. Yeah, it was just going e- ding. Every book is something different. And in this book, he's like, well, it only takes like two days to actually build it, but you got to meditate for like a month. And then luckily, while he's digging through his de- his grandfather's notes, he finds a different way to build one where you build it in two days and just don't meditate for a month. And it's completely different. <laughs> yeah. Elgos is like, oh, I found this thing. And it apparently because of the Clone War and their need to just make a shitload of stuff real fast, mm-hmm. uh, they came up with a non-ceremonial version of this yeah where you just build it and then go blah 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 and you're fine yeah which is ultimately what you would do during the ceremonial version of it as well but also a month of ceremonial meditation but i've discovered a way that you can skip that part it's called skipping that part yeah (laughs) but he's like oh instead of doing all of these processes over the course of a month he basically has to for about two and a half days goes into a trance without coming out of it. Yeah. And like the second he does, Elagos is like, here's some water. And he gulps that shit down. He's like, I haven't moved for two and a half days. Yeah. I am fucked. Now, before that, we get a little bit. I know we're probably running right right out of time here. Um, but we do have a bit where he's wandering around this planet that they live on, like gathering the parts and learning about the other pirate organizations. Oh yeah. He's like, if I'm going to take this down, I can't just run around and murder the heads of all the pirate organizations because if I'm the only leader left, that's going to be a big clue. Also, I can't just run around and murder everyone. I just had my big don't do that epiphany. Yeah, but he's like, what I need to do is make it seem like shit is going bad. Because if there's one thing pirates will do, it's the second everything seems like it's going tits up, they will run. Yes. So he's just like, I'm just going to sabotage this thing to take away her pirates. And then I will force her to tell me where my wife is. And that'll be the end of that. But I have, there's certain pirates I don't want to see killed in my purge, like the ones I've met. 
He's like, those ones are good ones. The ones I've met, but the ones I haven't met, those are disposable trash. I mean, he goes through and he's like, all right, we got the survivors. They're, you know, sort of honorable-ish mm-hmm. pirates. And, you know. Kayette and Timler, he's like, I got to rescue them. I got to get them to leave. Yeah, if either of them, he's like, oh, you know, this is the reverse thing. If they hadn't been pirates, they could have been, you know, super yeah. cool. If they had fallen in with the rebellion, they'd be great. But that guy over there, the, he was going to be a pirate no matter what. I can tell. I can tell. It's me. <laughs> Hi, Cornhorn. Yeah. I can tell. <laughs> If I've met you and had a beer with you, you're worth saving. Otherwise, eh, blaster set to kill. <laughs> you see, you're only real to me if I've talked to you. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're like a marionette dancing mm-hmm. in the background, and I don't care. Yeah, I might shoot you, I, but also sometimes I like a big-tittied marionette. <laughs> sometimes I like a big-tittied marionette. <laughs> uh, but I mean, yeah. I'm just saying that every woman he's ever met, including the weird alien ones, he's like, let's talk about them boobies for like a minute in my head. I mean, he's a breast man. There's no getting around it. <laughs> but yeah, he goes to all the factions because he's like, all right, there's my guys. There's the like fucking weird. There's the huts. Hut there- one, which he is absolutely like, oh, man, some of these guys are OK. The huts are gross mean monsters yeah the hut this particular hut like shalta or shatla the hut or something shala or shala something something the hut is a lazy fat don corleone type who's like extremely ancient even by hut standards because he's just an immobile drooling blob who barely can talk oh yeah he's just a mumbly weird asshole who's like i make things fight to the death for my amusement before i eat them and then i mumble something and then all my sycophants laugh about it yeah that's all he is. So he ingratiates himself to that guy. He learns about the Black Star Raiders, which are the secretist pirate group in the pirate groups. They don't even have a hideout. They have a they go to a bar and then they punch in a code on a table and a secret door slides open and they go in the secret door. Yeah, they're like, ooh, we've got a, a secret weird thing. We're the, you know, ninjas of these pirates. And then there's the Rye Star Raiders who are just a pirate outfit. And he's like, these guys are all right. Yeah, yeah these are basically like, you know the uh the survivors the survivors yeah they're a little rougher around the edges than the survivors are but you know they're just your standard pirates they're not like pure evil like he says the hut ones are yeah and then he builds a lightsaber and he, we get a extended sequence where he's like this is fucking easy anyone could build a lightsaber bah, nah, nah. if i hadn't been a dashing cop hero jedi rebel general i could have just built lightsabers all day also you don't need a special, like, kyber crystal for these. I'm just going to use some random ruby and an emerald and a diamond, and he I'm just going to shove them all in there. Yeah, there's a point where he kept talking about how easy it is to build a lightsaber, and I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I guess he already has a crystal with him or something, because that's, like, the only important part is to have that super-focusing crystal. Well, yeah, because we already, I mean, in the last one, they were like, oh, it's easy, you can get the parts for a lightsaber, but, you know, the crystal is the actual important thing. But then he just prize the crystal off a bottle of brandy that Tavira sent him. And he's like, not only will this random crystal cut for a bottle of brandy work perfectly, it's also the same kind of crystal that was in my grandfather's lightsaber, which means my lightsaber will be silver like my grandfather's lightsaber. Yeah, no need to try and redo any art of me. It's the same. Now, he also puts a diamond in there and and an emerald. emerald, There's a point where he's like, I don't know what the emerald's going to do. And I'm like, I feel like it will make it green. Maybe. I mean, I'm just guessing that if you put a green gem in there, it will make it green. And then, and notably, the lightsaber on the cover is white until the tip, and then it's green at the tip. Yeah. Um, and then he puts a diamond in, and he's like, I- I'm hoping that this will give it a coruscating effect. And I'm like, 
Do you seriously, how long has your wife been missing where you're sitting here wondering about lightsaber colors while you're building it? It's not like you're building this fucking thing at Disneyland. It's purpose-driven. You have to be like, I hope it gets a cool rainbow. Or, <laughs> I want it to have ripple sparkle effects. <laughs> I want one of the rare paid cash to win gems from the, the MMO. <laughs> Mine's a purple with a black sheath on it. It's pretty rare. <laughs> I remember when I quit playing that game, my lightsaber character had a salmon-colored lightsaber with a teal center. <laughs> you were pretty desperate for anything that was technically glowy enough. Yeah, no. <laughs> I definitely was just like, I'll use red, thank you. Everyone's like, but you could pay, like, a shitload of credits and get one that's wacky, goofy colors. And I'm like, no thanks. You didn't even need, I mean, yeah, you could, uh, you could pay real money and get that. Or you could just go on the auction house and usually you could get whatever color you Oh, yeah, you that's wanted. why it's like, just pay a shitload yeah. of credits Go on the auction house and someone's selling some dumb garbage. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, he, he builds his lightsaber out of a bike handlebar and a bunch of random parts out of spaceships. Yep. And turns it on. And sure enough, he's yeah. got a lightsaber. That's the end of the chapter is him doing his two, two day meditation, doing something to the inside. He's even he doesn't know. He's like, well, yeah. well, I don't know. You put a bunch of force in it. He's like, oh, you use force. And then it combines them in a way that they wouldn't be combined if you just put them together. Yeah. They like on a molecular level they are now more combined than they would be but we save what color the lightsaber is for us another day listeners because what happens at this point is he comes out of his trance drinks some water and he's like well i built a lightsaber now this one jedi with a lightsaber will easily take down this pirate organization from the inside an impossible feat eligos shows up and is like hey while you were out uh, some people required after you. I just told them you were drunk like an asshole, and that worked fine because everybody assumed you would be. Yeah. And then uh, I made you these Corellian Jedi robes. And mm-hmm. he's like, ah, that ought to be good for stealth. Thanks, I'll Elf. Ru- I'll run around taking down this pirate organization dressed like a Jedi with a lightsaber. Dressed like a Mardi Gras Jedi. I'm still very curious what these green, shiny Corellian Jedi robes look like. I really wish they had drawn them on the front. Yeah, he's I'm in like, a flight I want to know front. what that looks like. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there you go. That's the chapters. Yeah, well, I'm sure. I, I'm sure that dressed in his full Corellian finery, he looks ready to guard the gates to the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nobody that's gets a in horse here. Of a different color. <laughs> not no way. He not no how. how. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what he'll look like. <laughs> well, why didn't you say so? <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> So, yeah, that's where the chapter ends. That's it. That's our chapters. Thank you Mm. so much for joining us. Now, of course, Jeff, we're not done, right? (sighs) Yeah, nope, we sure aren't. Right? I can't wait to go make another episode of exciting content for everybody at home. Don't worry, I'm only grumpy because I'm tired and my neck hurts. It's got nothing to do with you fine people whom I love to the end of the earth. That's right. If you join us at the $2 level, why, we'll go look up stuff on Wikipedia and tell each other all about the crazy things we found and we'll tell them to you as well. And that's right, that statement implied that if you don't give us $2, we won't. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, if no one gave us $2, we wouldn't. That's true. If if we (laughs) looked at the Patreon and were like, oh, no one's at this tier or higher. Well, fuck it, I guess we're not doing it then. (laughs) So anyway, if you would like to hear that exciting content, why not consider joining us at the $2 level to unlock all the Star Wars content and all the System Mastery bonus content at the same time. That's right. And if you want yet more exciting content, why the $5 level's right there waiting for you. It comes not only with everything I've already mentioned, but additionally, more rooms available on the the Discord for you. A secret special purple color in there that 
People like a whole lot. And you also get our monthly Afterthought episodes and the TV Mastery, which is just a damn good fun time that's not really connected to anything. And the Tiger poster. And you get a Tiger poster and the special elephants issue. <laughs> yep. So I am ready over. to spool off the Zoo Books commercial at any time. You get these stickers. <laughs> yeah. So patreon.com slash system mastery. Join us there. Now, of course, if you cannot support us monetarily, we understand times mm -hmm. are tough. We accept barter. You could go ahead and give us a chicken mm -hmm. or you can just, you know, hit the five star on us on whatever you're listening to. Yeah. I'll take that. A five star review, a nice write up somewhere, a, a retweet. We love all those things. Or just tell yeah. someone yeah. who's into Star Wars that we have a cool, fun podcast that makes fun of the thing they like. Or bring us two measures of barley. You know, we're not, we're not picky. Or, you know, give me some sugar. Uh -huh. I am your neighbor. <laughs> I wish you were my neighbor. I wouldn't be all the way in friggin' Santee. I used to be close. I know. Now I'm not. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. We will be back next week with more Expounded Universe. But until then, I've been Elan Sleaze Bagiano. <laughs> and my neck hurts. Hurts. <laughs>